Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. West Cork Beard Company. Make beard oil and beard balm for a strong, healthy, great-looking beard. Handmade from all natural ingredients in Clonakilty, West Cork. Check out their YouTube channel for beard care tips and advice. Or catch them online at westcorkbeardcompany.ie Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Same Old Arsenal Team Talk. I am your host, Dan Potts, and I'm delighted tonight to be joined by two fantastic guests. First of all, all the way from a Burkamp Wonderland, it is Danny. How are you, sir? I am very good, full of banana and coffee. What better way to start my day at 7pm? <laughs> it's a great way to start your day at 7pm. How, um, how have things been for you, mate? How's the channel going? How are you in general? Um, ABW are all useless and don't want to do podcasts and I'm having to resort to getting other people on. Uh, if you're watching Carpenter, I'm talking about you, Treacle. And uh, as, as life's good, just uh, my life hasn't changed. No, I just go to bed whenever I want, get up whenever I want. And uh, I'm back into Forza Horizon 4 on the Xbox. So that's pretty good. And I'm making a list of every film I've seen this year on a spreadsheet. That's the kind of person I am. I watched Semi Pro last night, Will Ferrell and Woody Harlston. Very funny. Like Danny, you do not waste your evenings. I'll tell you that. <laughs> do not waste your evenings, mate. Um, great podcast, and it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. So, thanks for joining me, mate. Um, also, we have the lovely Jess. Jess, how are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here and talk to you guys today about our upcoming games. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm super excited to be here. <laughs> Great stuff. No, it's an absolute pleasure to have you both on. Um, and uh, always welcome new guests as well. So that's fantastic. Guys, we're going to get into it. We're going to start talking about the double header against Southampton. Uh, two games in St. Mary's. A ground that was kind of been a bogey ground for us over the last few years, if I'm honest with you. But we did get a result there in the pandemic for a 2-0 victory in the league. Uh, Danny, I'm going to come to you to start with. This is going to be a, a, an interesting couple of games. 
where do you see it going in terms of Arteta's approach? Are we going to go all out for this FA Cup to stay in the game and stay in the competition? Or are we going to prioritise the league games first um, by resting a few players tomorrow? What's your take on both games, mate? Well, I think that every manager will go into every game expecting to win that game. The days of them throwing games, uh, unless you're Man United in... Um, no, who was it? Aston Villa in the FA Cup against Liverpool. They, The manager knew they were not going to win that game. You get a handful of those every few years. But um, Arteta will go into both of these thinking he's going to put out a full-strength team for that is appropriate for the, the competition. Because we saw in the last round against Newcastle, we made a few changes. We had a few players... Um, um, uh, Suarez came in, so I think after, I think Suarez would have come in and played anyway after his his good performance against Newcastle. We can expect El Nene to come back. William will probably start. Pepe will start. Hopefully Nelson will get a game, and uh, and and we're looking a couple of the other younger ones. Hopefully we we will not have to rely on on Saka, Smithrow. Um, Lacazette, those players will hopefully be on the bench in case we do need them because Southampton are a really decent team. They have got the uh, they did they did did such the right thing like Arsenal did. They were on their knees and they didn't sack the manager. They backed the manager and the manager has proven to be uh, right with what he was doing. And and all the players are behind him and there's a, a feeling of unity from Southampton. Southampton have always been a team that I've liked back at, partly because I'm related to Matt Letizia in, in the dim and distant past. Uh, so I expect him to take both games seriously, like any decent manager would. Slightly weakened team in the FA Cup, but in the Premier League, that's going to be the one that, I, for me, is the most important one of the two. Yeah, listen, I have to agree. I think you're spot on in terms of squad rotation. And you know what, Danny, you are many things, but I did not know that your claim to fame was Matthew Letizia. I had no idea. Absolutely superb player. Uh, absolutely love Matt Letizia. Top, top man and a great, I've great footballer. Him and he didn't care. He doesn't um, want well, to know, does he? <laughs> half of my family are from Ireland and the other half are from Guernsey. They used to own half of Guernsey a couple of hundred years ago. A few hundred years ago. It's not, it's not a very big place next to Jersey. And I've got Letizia's in my family. There we go. Uh, Craig Scott in the chat. Hello, mate. How you doing? Says Dan the man. He's obviously talking about me, not you, Danny. No, I'm joking. He obviously means you. Um, um, mate, um, we're going to move to Jess. Jess, let's ask you about the situation because it is going to be squad rotation, I believe. Do you feel that the league game is more important or is the FA Cup game so important because we love that competition and we want to keep in it? What's your thoughts on both of these games, Jess? I mean, I think both of them are so important, you know, because the FA Cup is our competition. You know, we excel in that competition and it's it's important to the Arsenal fan base. But I think it's also um, important to have a good run. And ultimately, we've been playing teams in the league that are out of form and we're going into um, a stretch of games where the teams that we're going to be playing are actually in form. So I think with both games being really important and the um, the competition being Southampton, a really, really strong team. I think that we do need to rotate, but, um, you know, just changing out one or two players for the FA Cup game really changes a lot for us. We saw against Newcastle in the Cup the other day that just changing out a couple of people really changed the um, how good we were going forward. You know, so ultimately both games are important. But rotation is also important. So I would not be surprised if we ended up seeing, you know, Smith Rowe and Saka having to come in um, because we know when we rotate the squad, it weakens us a lot. You know, just it's amazing to me how one or two players can really make a difference. But I do expect to see rotation. 
Um, I expect to see maybe Pepe, um, maybe Enkedia, not sure. Um, Elneny, you know, these types of players coming in and hopefully they can also Southampton doesn't have a lot of depth. So we can take that into consideration as well. If they don't play their strongest side, we have a better chance of, you know, of beating them in regular time. So we'll see how it goes, but I expect to see rotation. I wouldn't be surprised to see Sokka and Smith Rowe having to come in if the people that we rotate with are not um, kind of like holding their own, but the, the league game is really important. So full strength in the league game, a little bit of rotation in the FA Cup. There we go. And I think personally, as you say, both both team uh, games, sorry, are extremely important. I'm going to stay with you, Jess, because you mentioned a couple of players that are going to be rotated there. I think the likes of Willian, the likes of Pepe. I think what we've seen in some of these youngsters, it has changed not just the way that we play, but also their mentality. And what I've loved about the mentality of players like Saka and Smith-Rowe and Kieran Tierney is they seem to be completely different to some of the senior heads that you've mentioned in Willian and Pepe. Does that fill you with less confidence when you see the lineup like it was against Newcastle, uh, if we had to see similar tomorrow with the, the likes of some of the seniors, but also some youngsters that aren't quite on the same level as Saka and Smith-Rowe. And I'm talking about the Enketias who you mentioned and Joe Willocks. Yeah, I do. I mean, it's, you know, you would look at the team on paper and say they should, like, even going back to the Newcastle game, you'd look at that, you know, that team with Pepe in it, Aubameyang in it, and think automatically, like, yeah, we should be able to beat this team. But on paper and in real life are two completely different things for this Arsenal team at the moment. So yes, when I see Williams, I see Pepe, I see, you know, El Nenny, I see a little, a little bit of rotation makes a huge difference in the squad right now with them. We just don't have like for like in Tierney's position and Saka's position and stuff like that. So it doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence when I do see those players, not that they're not decent players and they shouldn't be able to beat Southampton's like maybe rotated squad, but we just know without the chemistry and the same quality and technical ability of Smith Rowe and Saka and Martinelli and these types of players, even party, we are a much weaker side. So yeah. Hundred percent. No, listen, I couldn't agree more. I think you bring up some great points, Danny. I'm going to come to you because one player who was fantastic against Newcastle was Cedric. Now it's been a bit of a strange signing, Cedric. He's been a year to the to the day, pretty much, that we got him over the line, and he was injured, and it was from Southampton. Five million pounds. Everyone's scratching their head, thinking, why didn't we just get him on a free transfer? But he is an Arsenal player. I think that was the best game he's played in an Arsenal shirt. I was extremely impressed with him. Do you expect him because it's against Southampton to go with Cedric for this game, or do you think it will revert back to Bellerin? and keep Cedric for the league games now? Um, yeah, I'd expect him to play. Even if uh, it was a league game, I think maybe he has seen so much promise from from Cedric. I, uh, you saw in the first half, Cedric struggled a little bit. But then again, like they were saying in the commentary, he'd only played five minutes of Premier League football all season. But then the way that I love the way Zorro, do, do you know what they call him, Zorro? The Tuesday no, Cup called him Zorro. They said he looks like Zorro. I can't remember. He looks like him. <laughs> I just like him. I think his, his all-round game, because Bellerin has lost so much of his game when he's lost that yard of pace through the injuries. Bellerin, at the age of 25, 26, is having to learn how to defend. Because for years he's been, uh, we wanted to play him as a right wing back um, because he had the pace. And he hasn't got the pace anymore. And I've just got one vision this season when he was um, defending and, and running back to goal and the bloke with the ball ran past him. And I think, whoa, Bellerin, you, you need to adapt your game, son, because 
uh, you, now that you've done that, you're going to have to rely on other stuff. Now, uh, when he gets forward, he just does the same thing. He either loses possession, he goes full Walcott, he loses possession or just crosses to nowhere. And that is getting doing us no favours. And Cedric, I'll, I'll just like, I mean, that, that one goal that he scored when he, when he um, last season, or was it this season? No, it was last season, wasn't it? Mm, that great goal that he scored. Yeah, I'm waffling. Yeah, but I like the way that he gets forward. I like the way that he's creative. I like the way that the second half, he just he, he, he just turned it on and he looked brilliant. And as much as we all like Bellerin, because Bellerin is a talisman for the club. He's been there for, since he was, what, 17, 16, when we nicked him from, from Barcelona. But I really do like the, the dynamic that Suarez adds to the game. When he gets the ball, you think something's going to happen here. And he's a born defender. He's been defending his whole life. Now he can play. Uh, left back, right back, and he can do the defending, but he can also get forward. And the other really important thing about it with him, if he's attacking and it, and it falls down, he can get back quickly, which is something Bellerin can't do anymore. I just really like the bloke. I, a lot of people are moaning about the fact that we paid a £5 million loan fee, didn't use him much because he got injured. And at the end of the season, like you were saying, signed him on a free transfer. But he went, he's, he's an international. He won the, the Europa the Europa Champions thing, whatever it's called. I can remember with Portugal. The Euros in Portugal, yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a really good player. Five million pounds for a player like that that we end up getting on a free anyway. I like him. And uh, hopefully this is the kind of competition that Bellerin has needed for ages because we've not had a decent competition for Bellerin for, I don't know, I can't remember the last one we had. There was a, a regular, with Jenkinson. Poor never old. had it. Yeah. I don't think I don't think we can class Jenkinson, unfortunately, as much as he was a gooner. He was never going to be good enough. Um, you're right, though, mate. I think Cedric has been fantastic uh, in the last in the last couple of games. I wasn't too sure about it. I thought, yeah, he looks okay, but he's really starting to improve. I think you're dead right in terms of his defensive ability. He's definitely better than Bellerin. Hector Bellerin's fantastic going forward, but really is his greater delivery, not in my opinion. His crossing is poor. I don't think he can defend, and he gets caught out. And let's be honest, he can't take a throw-in, and this season has proven that. Um, Danny, I'm going to quickly stay with you. <laughs> I had to get, yeah, do you know what he did? Spot on there, Jesse. He actually did a foul throw too. And I thought, oh, come on, don't, he's been learning off bloody Bellerin here. What's going on? But um, I'm going to talk about Maitland Niles just quickly, Danny, because I actually think he might come in and play at left back again. Um, and the reason I say that is because I think Kieran Tierney may get a, get a rest and be ready for the league game. He was awful against Crystal Palace. Do you think Maitland Niles deserves to be given another chance in that position? Or would you rather see him in another position in the team? What do you think about Maitland Niles? I love him. I love any player who plays with his socks down. So do I, mate. He, he's just like Smith Rowe. He's, he's a throwback to 80s football when I was at Highbury. Uh, and it's just it's just great to see. But every team needs a, a Perry Groves, a Gilles Gromandi, a Remy Gard, who is going to go out there and fill holes. Now, it's amazing that this bloke has broke through into the England squad, but yet can't get into the Arsenal squad. That's madness. I think he does look lazy. He does look like, like you sent a child to their bedroom to tidy their room. But I don't care how he looks. Uh, I, I like the way he plays. I like his adaptability and the, his willingness to to go and play anywhere. Apparently, he wants to play in central midfield. and I'd love to see him get have a go there. Maybe, I'm not sure Southampton is the right team for him to play in central midfield against. We do need um, an Elneny, someone who's going to break up play because Elneny is like a wasp in a jam jar in midfield. He's everywhere. You can't turn around. He'll be tackling you from the front and then two seconds later, he'll be tackling you from behind. But for him to play in that position... I don't think Southampton have got many massive goal threats at the club. They've got a couple of people up front. Is it Che Adams and who is the other Danny one? Danny Ings. Danny Ings. Neither of them are on form. And, 
yeah, I think I'd like to see him play, but not necessarily as, as a left back. But they're going our left backs don't play as left back, do they? They um, we have Xhaka, or if Xhaka plays, which he might not, then he drops back into the back three, and then our our full backs are free to go and do whatever they want, and then that's when he can show how good he is. But I really everybody who likes him, we love seeing the the Hayland products coming through and getting a chance. But I really want to see him playing in central midfield. I mean, Willock has played 60 games for Arsenal in the last two seasons, mostly bit part games. I think if you give um, uh, Maitland-Niles that kind of time, then he'll be able to express himself and we'll be able to see what he can do. But, yeah, I, I just like the bloke. I like any of our own that have come through the system. I, I could not agree more with what you said. I love Maitland-Niles. I love what he brings. I think that he gives 110% in any position and he tries and works hard. And I would love to see him given the Joe Willock role because for me, Joe Willock just isn't ready. And Maitland-Niles looks to be able to do more and give us legs in midfield. He's international, isn't he, for God's sake? Yeah, there we go. I mean, listen, Gareth Southgate's given him more games than he has for than Arteta has. It's unbelievable, really. But there we go. Um, Jess, I'll come to you on that. This is a little bit away from the game, but in terms of Arteta, do you worry about some of his mismanagement of players, particularly Maitland-Niles and some of the others? Because I think he's been very inconsistent with uh, certain individuals. And I think Maitland-Niles has probably had a bit of a hard time. He got man of the match in right-back position against Everton. We haven't seen him for four weeks. And then all of a sudden he gets thrown in at left-back against Newcastle, sorry, against Palace, and has a shocker. And then, of course, everyone's now worried whether he has got a future again. Like, What do you make of some of the way that, way that Arteta has dealt with some of these players? I think it's difficult because, um, you know, I have my own conclusions that I come to based on what I'm seeing, but I'm not in, you know, in the know, like I'm not there to see what's going on. But from the outside looking in, if I'm just kind of going by what I'm seeing, it just kind of looks like he's really harsh on the younger players and a little, he gives a little bit more rope to the more senior players and it doesn't look good. But sometimes you, you know, if, if I'm just playing devil, devil's advocate, it's maybe it's, you know, the younger players, he has more, um, more for them. So it's more of like tough love for them because he cares about them more because like, let's be real. Like if you, um, if you try to discipline Willian, like what's going to happen, they're not going to do anything. Right. You know, so I do have my questions about it and I don't like the way some of the younger players have been treated. And I think it is strange that, you know, Maitland Niles is in the side one week and, he's gone the next and Saliba's here and he's not, you know, it's, it just seems like the younger players are getting a little bit more harsher treatment, but again, I'm not there. So I can't, I can't say what's happening. That's, you know, driving these decisions, but I do know that Arteta is really big on discipline um, on and off the pitch. So maybe some of the decisions that he's made have been based on um, things that have happened outside you know, or things that we, we're not privy to maybe, you know what I mean? Cause Ainsley Maitland-Niles was dropped out of the side because he was late to practice, you know, stuff like that. So it's disappointing because we love our younger players and, you know, especially for me, like Saliba was one of the like shining lights of the season for me. Like I was really excited to see him come in and not to see it. Like I didn't get to see him play at all, you know? So obviously there's questions there, you know, but again, I'm not there, so I don't know what's really going on. But yes, I do have questions about his man management and, you know, um, you know, if he's relying too much on the senior players and a little bit too harsh on the younger players. 
Yeah, I think you're spot on. I was really shocked about the William Saliba situation and still am. There's something wrong there off the pitch. I think him yeah. going to Nice, I think he's played four games and he's got man of the match in two or three of them. So there's the, the quality's clearly there. I think that there was something else going on there. I'll stay with you, Jess, because I want to ask a little bit more about tomorrow's game. I think that we're going to potentially see a bit of a mix like we've suggested already. What do you make of the... Um, team that we're going to be facing because Southampton I think have got a couple of injury concerns and also we'll find out a bit more when our Southampton fan comes on but their strength in depth is not quite as good as us would you fancy our chances still with a rotated squad to get through in this game if I'm honest no like I I just think the chemistry is lacking and the fluidity is is lacking. As soon as you take, like, really our, our best games are with Sokka and Emil Smith-Rowe out there with Lacazette. That's what works. You know, the other piece on the left-hand side can either be Martinelli or Aubameyang, but without those three pieces, it's just different. It's just different, you know. So I want to say yes, but I wouldn't be surprised if we struggled is the players that are rotating haven't had a lot of minutes. You know, they have not come off of the bench and had any sort of impact. Like Pepe doesn't give us any impact off of the bench. And when he starts in these types of games, he just doesn't have any sort of like real momentum going into these games. Willian is just, I don't count on him for anything. I, I don't know. Like he's just, he's not working, you know? So against a rotated Southampton squad, I would, I would hope on paper that we could, but again, based on the type of performances that I've seen from the rotated squad, I don't have a lot of confidence. You know, I know that Ings is coming back from an injury, so he may not start, which is good for us, you know, but they still have good young players that can hurt us. And what I'm most worried about is the energy factor. You know, when you take out our younger players, we lack energy. And one thing that Southampton has in abundance is energy. They're going to press us off the park, both games, in the FA Cup and in the league. So if we don't come out there with some sort of, you know, game plan and energy and, you know, something to combat their young, energetic players, I think we'll struggle. You know, we should beat them, but it's a toss-up. Yeah, I, I think it is going to be tough. And I must admit, I share your opinions about the situation with some of our changing squad because when we seem to miss the pieces of Saka and Smith Rowe particularly, uh, it doesn't really look the same. Danny, I'll come to you on this point and I want to talk about Willian and Pepe quickly because I think that they're two players that have an amazing amount of talent and ability, but it's just not working for them at Arsenal. Why do you think, Danny, Willian and Pepe should not be going into this game thinking that they're two of technically the best players on that pitch and they should be able to break Southampton down? What is going on with both of those players, in your opinion, mate? Before I answer that, can I just say, Jack, in the chat, poo-pooed mm. my Danny Ings isn't in form. He scored one goal in five. He has missed three or four games recently. And Che Adams has got one in the last ten. So don't poo-poo me, Jack. Point, me point proven. Point proven. <laughs> <laughs> um, Willian is a magnificent player, but he has played all over the place. You can't get a player to come in. Uh, although but the more experience you've got as a player, the more you have adaptability to come in and play different positions. But you'd have thought a player at his age, they come in and go, right, this is your position, that's your slot, go on, off you go, half a season. But he hasn't. He's played a game, missed a game. He's played the 10, the 9, the 8, the false 8, the false 9, 
the 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 right wing he's had to drift in he's had no luck once he has a couple of games in a row he should come good because quality players like william don't just become rubbish overnight do they okay man hello and pepe i talked to chris about pepe i saw a tweet recently that said when pepe was for for leal was it leal that he was at yeah yeah, his last season here, he was the first player ever to get 100 shots on target, concede 100 fouls, and there was another stat that was 100-something as well. But he, he doesn't look happy. He, he looks like he's um, he's lost his puppy, and he's head down like that the whole time. He looks sad. I think the whole thing may be just a little bit too much for him. Um, to, to be halfway through your second season at the club and still to only have really had one memorable game, that's the one with the two free kicks, but Chris, who knows his French football better than, than than most people, says you just need to let him play and play in the position that is best for him. And and running down that right hand side, he, he needs he needs a little bit of support, which he hasn't been getting the support. When you look at the Sacketeer and thing, when on the left hand side, that is a thing of beauty. Those two, they're, they're almost joined at the hip, and and they're almost like they're on the same wavelength, and they've been telepathic with each other. On the right-hand side, you haven't to rely on Bellerin, and most of the time you don't know where Bellerin's going to be. You don't know if he's going to be making a run. You don't know whether he's decided to run down, run in the... Although Bellerin, I'm not, not down on Bellerin. I've got all the time in the world for Bellerin. Lovely bloke. But and he, he needs to untuck his shirt for a start and pull his shorts down a little bit. He needs to go <laughs> He needs to go full, full uh, Smith Rowe and just get a little bit baggy. Uh, but I really don't know what the problem is with, with Pepe. It must have come with huge amount of baggage to know you cost seventy-two million quid. He didn't ask to be cost that much money. He 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 wasn't the one who said no. I think I'm worth a little bit more than that. He's a twenty million pound player. That's that's the most he is. Um, I think it could be a whole combination of things, and I honestly really don't think it's going to work out. But Arsenal or whoever it was who did the deal, they thought they were going to go and do a Jaden Sancho here, go and buy a player for seventy million, and two years later flogging to Barcelona for hundred and fifty million. That's what they were thinking. And they did the wrong one. And as much as I do feel for the, for the bloke, he's going to end up going back somewhere on loan because no one, he's on 130 grand a week. No club is going to be paying 130 grand a week for someone who just cannot perform. And it's so sad to see because it's definitely a player in there. But it's like we like Willian. It's just another mystery. Well, I think the Willian thing, I mean, not Willian, the Saliba thing, he was just told a load of lies, wasn't he? He was well, it, he never got. This is the thing that doesn't seem to be much transparency asked. If I'm honest with you, we never quite understand what it is going on. But what I'll say about Pepe is there's two words for me to describe him. One of them is frustrating um, and the other one is predictable. And you talked about it, Danny, talking about playing him in the right position. I still don't believe that he is a winger. I look at the situation and he's so predictable cutting in on that left-hand side. When he did play in the number 10 or in a forward more uh, role, central role, in the FA Cup final, I thought he was class. And when he did it against Anfield last season under Unai Emery, at the start, I thought him and Pep, him and Aubameyang together up front looks really, really good. And he was the only the player he... last season to get past Van Dyke. So that's what I was going to say. Look at the way he yeah. runs at people. He scares yeah, the poo out of people. And that, in that, he needs to get the things from his game that are the best and make the most of them. And if he's running at people, like we've seen the, the whole turnaround with, with uh, Aubameyang's game, stop giving Aubameyang crosses. Aubameyang doesn't want crosses. He wants crosses like a vampire wants crosses. He has no need for them. Give Aubameyang the ball. Let him do what he's made a career out of doing and run at people. Because when you're a defender and you've got Aubameyang running at you at full pace, you're going to shit your pants and go, oh, and that's what happened. We saw it. And Aubameyang's gone, I'll have some of that. I'm scoring goals and I'm back. Yeah. 
I, I have to agree. And a lot of people in the chat are saying that Willian has, has kind of stunted the potential of, of Pepe with this Willian signing. Jess, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. First of all, I'm going to ask you about Willian and Pepe, and then I'm going to move on to another one. But the Willian and Pepe situation for me is a strange one. They're two players that I think could be great. Willian was great at Chelsea over the last sort of eight to ten years. Um, but has he just come in to settle for his kind of retirement home at Arsenal, do you think? And what do you make of Pepe's situation? Um, well, I'll start with the Pepe situation because I care about him more than I care about Willian at the moment. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Pepe to me is just, I think it might come down to simply just bad recruitment. And when you say somebody is like bad recruitment, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're a bad player. We all know that Pepe is super talented, but he came in under a different regime, you know, that had different motives for why they got this player. Essentially, like, we know that there was something strange with Raul trying to make money off of this deal or whatever. We don't know exactly what happened, but there was something fishy about the deal to begin with. They were at some barbecue at the Cronkies house and they just decided to pick him, pick Pepe instead of picking Zaha. That's the initial mistake there is not getting the player that the coach wanted, getting a player that you wanted to get to appease the fans because you thought that it would be that we would think like, oh, this is such an exciting player and that kind of thing without really thinking about how he's going to fit into the system. Now you have Arteta here who wants to play a very simple type of football, one, two touch, you know, you've seen Emil Smith Rowe and soccer are so successful in the system because they play quickly. They play the Arsenal way and it's just simple one, two touch. When you look at Pepe, he's a counterattacking player that doesn't do the basics. He really struggles with the basics. And I mean that like in the kindest way, like he, the simple things he struggles with, but the extraordinary things he's really good at, which doesn't is not suitable for Arteta's system. So when you can't do the basics and you can't do them well, you are going to end up being shifted to the bench. You know, and I just think it's just a matter of bad fit, bad recruitment, somebody that we may need to move on, not because he's not a good player, but because he just doesn't suit what we're trying to do. We, can, we don't play a, in a way where we just kind of sit back in our box and kick the ball up to one person and he beats five players and maybe he makes the goal, maybe he doesn't. That's just not how we play, you know? So that's how I kind of think about the Pepe scenario is just he, and at the moment he's a super sub, you know, he's brought on in games to try to make a, make a difference, but we're, we're not Man City. We don't spend 72 million on a player for a super sub. You know, he was supposed to be kind of like the person that we build our team around and it just hasn't worked out. You know, so that's how I kind of feel about the Pepe situation. Maybe we need to, you know, loan him out so somebody can see how he is and then maybe try to recoup a couple, you know, 20. I'll, I'll be really surprised if we got more than 30 for him at this point. I agree. And, and then with Willian, it's just bad deal. You know, it's just a bad deal. Arteta, Adu, you've learned your lesson. This is your one whoopsie. You know, we don't ever need to do this again. You know, it's just the... The odds of um, of Willian coming in and doing a good job for us weren't as good as it looked on paper. It just wasn't realistic. Like he's 32 years old. We've signed him to like a, a three-year deal or something like that. Like he was going to fall off a cliff at some point and he's fell, fallen off a cliff already. He can't even create separation between him and the, and the player that he's up against. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't even have that burst of pace that he used to have. And quite frankly, you know, when, when players are playing for contracts, it's almost like they get superhuman power 
and then you didn't get the contract and now you're at Arsenal and you're unhappy. And it's hard for him to get into being 32 years old and, and being in a rebuild. Arsenal's in a really tough position and Arteta was really relying on him in the beginning of the season and he let him down, you know? So I think at this point we're, we're stuck on the right-hand side, but the, the, the good thing is that Sokka is so good on that right-hand side, you know, so we really don't need them. But then at this point, we're, we're wasting resources. So what do we do from there? Can we move Willian on? It's going to be really difficult. He's on really high money and he's old, you know? So at this point, I'm thinking the low-hanging fruit here is Pepe. How do we move him on and get as much for him as possible? That's where we are. I think you're absolutely spot on what you've just said there, Jess. I really do. I think if we're going to try and get 25 million, 30 million for Pepe, I think we'll be extremely lucky. I think with Willian, it's a bad buy. Let's just try and get rid of him in the summer. However, if, if it's for a couple of million or if we try and sort a kind of contract termination out just for the fact that it hasn't worked. Before we bring our Southampton fan on who's waiting in the wings, I just want to ask one more thing for you, Jess, and that's Eddie Nketiah and Balogun. Um, I think Arteta wants them both to stay. But it looks like Balogun is probably going to move on. Do you think there's any chance of us seeing Balogun tomorrow? Or do you think it's going to be Eddie that gets the nod? I think Balogun, whatever the last game that they played for the under-23s, he started. I don't see him playing in this game. Um, I I have strong feelings about this 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 scenario because I think it really encompasses what's wrong with Arsenal at the moment is that we don't make decisive decisions. And when you don't make decisive decisions, decisions are made for you and you lose the opportunity to control the narrative and control the situation. And we lost. Yeah. Balogun started today. Yeah. We've Balogun lost started today. over this situation, you know, and Kate and Ketia could, by the time the season is over, he'll be in the last 12, 12 months of his um, of his contract. So essentially we've lost all control of that scenario. If you really think you're going to be able to sell him at this point, when we get to the summer, it's not happening. Nobody's going to buy Eddie for 30 million, which is what we think he's worth. But at, in keeping him and letting him get to the last year of his contract, you've lost Balogun, you know, and Eddie's only scored 12 goals in, in four years. Balogun could do the same. But we we're losing opportunity to make money off of youth products by keeping them a little bit longer than we should. You know, Balogun and Ed, Eddie and Kadia have the same agent. So you I mean, essentially, this agent can make money off of moving both players for free from Arsenal because we didn't make the right decision. So we lose Balogun for free, then we lose Enketia for free. What's the point of that? When you could have just moved Enketia on now and re-sign Balogun now. And even if, if Balogun didn't work, we still could make 20 million off of him. So now we're in the position where we can have make zero. So I know it's like, I'm not really talking about whether the players are good or not, because it really doesn't matter at this point, right? You know, it's like, we're looking for somebody to be a backup. You know, Ketia is a good player, but we know what he is. So why not move him on and see what Balogun is. If he doesn't work out, make money off of him. Or maybe he just serves the first team. But this lack of decisive decision-making is is hurting us in the long run. You know, we're going to keep Enketia, lose Balogun, and I guarantee Enketia will leave for free because there's absolutely no reason for him to leave Arsenal with one year left on his deal. So it's really frustrating. Like, I really, this situation just, it frustrates me. Like, you know, because I just don't really understand why we couldn't just shift. People were interested in Ketia. 
in January. They were interested in him, but we turned it down because we want 30. I'm telling you, in this in this pandemic, Enketia is not going to get sold for 30. And I know that he's the under 21, like England, like top scorer and all that kind of stuff. But really, you're only worth what somebody's willing to pay for you. You know, so we could have taken 15 to 20 and I would have sold him. That's it. A hundred percent. Again, spot on. I think this is something that we are looking like we've learned from with the Saka and Martinelli situation. And it's a bit like coming out of jail and then going and robbing a bank, isn't it? Because that's exactly what happens with us. We go and do exactly the same thing by the situation with Nketiah and Balogun. Listen, Eddie Nketiah, I've got nothing against the lad. And I said it last night on another podcast. I just don't think the guy's good enough. I don't think he's going to be uh, a goal-scoring machine at Arsenal. Um, He could go and do very well at Swansea or West Brom or Palace. Absolutely, of course he could. I think that's his level. But for us, I don't think he's going to get anywhere near the side. So why not go and sell him to a West Ham or somebody like the teams I've just said? for 20 million and try and sort out the Balogun deal. It looks to me like Jess says we're probably going to lose out on both of them. Uh, Guys, just before I bring the Southampton fan on, please like this video. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. There's 166 of you watching. I'd love all of you to hit the like button. If you could, it would uh, mean a lot to me. Thank you very much. Um, We've got Danny. We've got myself, Dan, and we are going to bring another Dan on just to confuse things. Dan, the Saints (laughs) fan. Dan, how are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm looking forward to tomorrow's game. I bet you are, mate. It's a shame we can't go, but we're going to try and do the best we can to enjoy it. Um, I was on your channel earlier talking about what I think about Arsenal. We, us three have had our opinions on Arsenal. It's time to talk some Southampton. Before we go into tomorrow's fixture, what have you made of your season? Because I must admit, I've kind of admired your club keeping hold of Ralph because it looked like he was going to go um, at one point and you stuck with him and it was definitely the right decision. Is that fair to say? Yeah, no, just spot on. I mean, it's not just him staying, it's him staying and signing a four-year contract. He's completely revolutionised the um, the football club in such a short space of time, which is kind of crazy to say, because like you said, a year ago, you know, we probably, or just over a year ago now, we were sort of down in the dumps in that relegation zone and we just didn't know what was going to happen, really. I, I think the vast majority of the fan base wanted Ralph to stay. You know, there was signs that he was going to be, you know, the right man for the job. Um, it was more a case of the players weren't cutting it, if that makes sense, as opposed to his tactics being naive. Um, and obviously, fair play to the ball because they kept hold of him. We went on a great run over that Christmas and, you know, in the end of the season, we finished 11th. And now, obviously, I think the, I, 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 it's hard to say that the pandemic's helped us because obviously it's such a disappointing thing and, you know, it's, it's affected a lot of people. But given the break... I think the fact that we had that restart and then a six-week pre-season because we did so well in the restart, you know, having six weeks of pre-season, that's nothing. It was almost like we were starting off again. So having finished the season so well, I think that's partly why we've started this season so well as well, if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's a little bit of waffle, but, um, you know, I, I think that's been a massive contribution. And some of the players for tomorrow, Dan, I mean, we've been talking about rotation ourselves. We're not really sure what Arteta is going to do, but we expect it to be rotation. How seriously are you going to take this competition tomorrow? Because we're going to kind of cover both games really here. We try to cover FA Cup and the league game, which is literally days away from each other. How seriously are you going to take tomorrow in comparison to the league game, do you think? Uh, very. Ralph said in his conference, you know, strongest available team is going to be starting tomorrow. Um, I think the fact that we got knocked out of the League Cup in the first round or the first game against Brentford, I think that really you know frustrated him because we did play 
our strongest possible eleven in that one as well. Um, and we were awful. Um, so I think I think he wants to have a go. I think he wants to have a crack. I think he can smell blood a little bit in the sense that there is an opportunity here to not only just beat Arsenal tomorrow, but go on and win the FA Cup. Fair one. And do you know what? I wish more teams had that mentality, if I'm honest with you. I mean, a lot of people have uh, have kind of degraded the FA Cup and Arsenal fans absolutely love the competition and rightly so. You know, 14 times uh, we, we are the best in this competition and uh, the, the stats prove it. So we've always been a fan of this competition and I think sometimes people look at the league, just think, let's just get rid of the FA Cup. We don't need that distraction and let's go for the league. So I'm with you. I think it should be something that you should look to have a chance at doing something. You know, we've talked about our rotation not being as great against Newcastle. If it wasn't for Leno, we would have been out. Um, if Andy Carroll would have had his shooting boots on, we would have been out and you'd be playing Newcastle. So you must look at that and fancy your chances and then look at the Chorley Wolves game and think potentially you've got a, a route to, to you know, get closer and closer to Wembley. So I totally agree with that. One thing I do want to ask, Dan, is a little bit about your opinions of Arsenal and, and what you're expecting from us because we've had a bit of a shocking season. It's been a bit up and down. Do you do you feel, feel comfortable now when Arsenal came out in that draw? Did you kind of think I'm all right with that, or did you think, oh no, I could we could have done better? What was your thoughts, honestly? It, it, it's a tough one. I think getting drawn against a Premier League side in the fourth round. You know, we said it on my channel. You you want your lower league teams. You know, if you look at the amount of Championship, League One, League. I mean, for God's sake, there's a sixth tier team in the draw, and you're getting drawn against another Premier League side. Do you know what I mean? It's it's one of those where I think even if it had been West Brom or uh, no West Brom aren't even in it, but uh, do you know what I mean? Like a, a lower league, a lower level Premier League side, I think we still would have been a bit frustrated. Like, come on, we could have done better here. But I think also the fact that it is Arsenal in the sense that the FA Cup is Arsenal's competition. You know, fourteen times you're the holders of the competition. I feel like regardless of form, because obviously at the time the draw was made, you were sort of about to start this big run. That's obviously lifted you up the Premier League table but yes and no I think I see it as a winnable game without a doubt based on how you guys have been doing this season and how we've been doing this season but you just can't help but feel at this early stage of the competition you could have done a little bit better and it's the same with Arsenal I think Fair play. Danny, I'll bring you in about Southampton. You said you had admiration for him and you've obviously uh, showed off about your link with Matt Letizier. Um but I think when you, when you look at it this situation is not really been pleasant for us the last few years going to St Mary's. Do you think that's going to have an effect on the team? Um, no, because most of the players we've got at the moment uh, weren't there a few years ago when we used to go there. I mean, we went there a few years ago, played during the league, then played in, in the FA Cup and the League Cup. Uh, the, the, the Was it the Boxing Day game or the New Year's Day game? Went oh, there Boxing Day. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think all the ghosts on that have gone. Because uh, I think someone did a stat. There was a game from 2018. We've only got one player left at the club um, who, who played in that game. I can't I'm always reading tweets and taking no notice of what they say. I really like Southampton. I'm, Dan, would you rather win the FA Cup game or the Premier League game? Which one? Bottom, Dan. FA Cup. FA Cup every day well, of the week. Well, how about we have a gentleman and ladies agreement? You have the, the yeah. FA Cup game. We'll have the League Cup game and... Uh, Call the whole thing off and let's not bother. <laughs> uh, well, that's it. Because the thing is, you know, I was looking at the table. We've got a game. In, we're level on points, game in hand with you guys. So, obviously, if you beat us on Tuesday, that's that's a big deal. But we could still technically um, maybe ca catch up. So, yeah, I, I see it as a winnable game tomorrow. But also, like um, like Dan said, Wolves or Chorley. I mean, let's be honest. It, Wolves will beat Chorley tonight. Um, well, look at Wolves' is four. <laughs> 
<laughs> Any, it's expecting Wolves to win the game tonight. I think either of us would have a good go against Wolves and have a great run to the quarterfinal. So that that's kind of why I'm prioritising this one. Well, that's good. But can I ask him another question, Mr. Go for it, Danny. Go for um, it. Do you, Arsenal have got the strength to put out almost two completely different teams. Matt Ryan for us is a magnificent signing. I don't know if he'll be registered in time. Have Southampton got the, the depth in quality to play a full strength team in both games? And no. do you think Hassan Hootel is one of my new favourite managers after him crying against beating Liverpool? That, that <laughs> walk couples in my heart. What a lovely, lovely man. Um, do you think he's going to prioritise one over the other? I know you were saying about that earlier, but I was reading, I was reading about how the population of Guernsey. <laughs> To see, if I'm really, um, see how closely related. Back in the day, there was only 20,000 people living in Guernsey when I had that Letitia surname. So, yes, if you see Matt, let him know. Tell him to stop ignoring my tweets. <laughs> um, I, I, think, I think Ralph will play two strong sides. I think, to be honest with you, I think both starting 11s are going to look very similar um, mm. in the sense that we're a fit side. You know, we've kind of hit a little bit of a brick wall recently in terms of injuries. I mean, countless injuries to key players like Ings has been out here and there with an injury then he got COVID after the Liverpool game and you know Vestgaard's been out for a month now and he's probably not going to be back for another month um you know two key players right there who've been exceptional for us all season um Redmond and Gineppo they've been in and out with injuries so we, we've got the squad but it's more you know if you look at our um our bench against Leicester in the league game last Saturday that emphasizes how kind of Thin our squad is right now. There were a numerous academy graduates who just haven't played for us. You know, against Shrewsbury the other night, um, we had to make we had to give two academy graduates debuts, and then another two came off the bench. You know, some of these guys I've never heard of. You know, and they're playing for the first team. It's it's got to that point of desperation now, and there is concern going into the league game that if we sort of play all our cards tomorrow, and is, even if we lose as well. You know what will be left for the um, game on Tuesday. I think it'll be as strong as we can go, though, in both games. Yeah, I think that's fair enough, Dan. Jess, I'll bring you in. What's more important to you, uh, getting through in the FA Cup or beating Southampton in the league? We need to get through to that next round, don't we? Yeah. Good answer. Um, Good answer. <laughs> we need that. We need that. I mean, I'd be very. I'm thinking like, okay, well, if we win that game in the league, but we're out of the FA cup. It's like, I've won, but at what cost? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I want that FA cup. Like, just like um, the other Dan said, the saints Dan said that you can beat wolves. Wolves have no striker. You know, wolves is, is weak right now. They're weakened. Like this will be the harder game. Southampton will be the harder game. So get past Southampton, hopefully get past wolves and keep going from there. So yeah, I'd rather win this game for sure. 100% I'm with you I always rather win the FA Cup games and I'm a massive fan of the competition and always have been um, Dan I'm going to ask you a question which I normally ask people who come on here and I'm going to hand over to Danny and Jess to uh, ask them also so they'll know what's coming instead of me having to put them on the spot but I'm going to put you on the spot now Dan an Arsenal player you can pick anyone that you want to put into that Southampton side who would you pick that's a Jesus um there's so the many. Not, I mean, you've got know, Mustafi, so, you've got David yeah, Luiz, you've got Willian. Willian. Yeah, Willian if you want. Now, who would you go for? We are short of wingers. That's the problem. Um, 
Got Theo. I think you'd have to take. A, yeah, what about me? I think you'd have to take a, a Bamiang. I don't know. Right now, I'd probably say someone like Gabriel. I, I think I think someone like Gabriel in terms of the defence is just because you know Vestergaard's out. Benrek's been doing. Or to be fair, Jack Stevens is coming and done relatively well. He had a bad game against Leicester, but kept uh, three clean sheets before that when he came in. So I, I, I'd be probably leaning towards a defender right now, but. Yeah, I'd say someone like Gabriel. I think we need to have a better centre-back pairing. Uh, sorry, partner for Vestergaard. Fair play. Um, I'm going to go next. And then the person that I'm going to pick from Southampton, it was between two for me. It's between Ward-Prowse and Danny Ings. And I'm going to go Danny Ings just for the pure fact that I feel sure. like he <laughs> is the on-form player. And I like his mentality. I like his drive. I think he wants to be the best that he can be. Um, and I would actually might be an unpopular opinion, but I would go as far to say that I would take him ahead of Danny Ings over Lacazette personally. That's just my opinion. A lot of people may shout at me for that and say they'd rather have Lacazette. I would have Danny Ings over Lacazette. That's just my opinion. Uh, Danny, let's come to you first. What Southampton player would you like? Theo. I love Theo. <laughs> I want to bring him back. I want to give him a big hug. I want to rub him on the head. Say, go on, son, <laughs> off you go. Go and do your magic. You can have Pepe, William, and you can have um, Chambers. You can have all of them if you give us Walcott. Yeah, well, we had Chambers in the first place, and that went well, didn't it? <laughs> um, I thought Danny Ings is the player that we need the most. Um, yeah. um, no, uh, Ward Prowse, but Danny Ings is the kind of player that we really need because, other than Balogun, we have no big man up front who is, is going to is going to thrive on the um, on, on the court on the crosses and all that other stuff that we do. But the only problem with Ings is, like you were saying, is a uh, his injury record. He is if he stayed injury free, you, you wouldn't be able to keep him at Southampton for too long because Liverpool saw the the ability that he has. And then the injuries, and then he was like, was he loaned to you? Or was he loaned to Burnley or someone? Yeah, it was, a, it was an initial loan, but um, with obligation to buy at the end of it. So it was basically a permanent deal. Didn't it cost you about 18 million or something? Yeah, it was something about that. It was like 20 odds in the region, um, which at the time you just think, I, to be honest, at the time I thought it was it was a bit of a mixed one because it, um, it was either him or Welbeck. You know, they were the two strikers being linked at the time. And obviously we went with things, and thank God we did. Uh, Welbeck isn't really a striker, though, is he? He's more of a run his ass off and make everyone else look good and then, then get a free transfer. He does give 110%, Danny Welbeck. Um, welcome to Lee Judges in the chat. Says that I've been drinking. No, Mr. Judges, you are the only person who drinks on podcasts. Jess, before we move to you, <laughs> was your, wasn't he drunk? Unbelievable. No, it wasn't so bad. Judge. Uh, Jess, before we move to you, we do have a fantastic um, super chat. Thank you very much, Alexander, for your kind donation. Thank you for inviting Jess on. Just a beautiful guest. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Jess, we'll come. Very sweet. Uh, Jess, we'll come to you. Uh, one Southampton player. Are you agreeing with me and Danny that it'd be Danny Ings or would you go for someone else? Ward Prowse for sure. Like if you just could imagine for one second Thomas Party and Ward Prowse in that midfield together, the engine, insane. And like we all know that a free kick for Ward Prowse is basically a penalty kick. And we don't <laughs> we don't have anybody like that on our on our in our squad. Like that that adds a completely different dimension to what you can do. Like our players continuously hit the wall. He hits the back of the net and he works really hard. You know, he's not fancy. You know, he's somebody that the majority of the Arsenal fan base would probably turn their their nose up at because he's not exotic enough. But I would take Ward Prowse in a second. So, yeah, he's my choice. 
And I think it's a great choice. Um, we're going to do some predictions for tomorrow's game. And we're also going to do some predictions, seeing as we've got Dan on for Tuesday's game as well. So I'm going to start with you, Jess, seeing as I just finished with it. What do you think the score is going to be tomorrow? And what do you think we'll do in the league on Tuesday? On the mm. spot. <laughs> I think, what do I think? I I feel like we're going to maybe have like a 1-1 draw. Um. Do we go straight into penalties or do we have extra time? It will be extra time on penalties. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll go to penalties. I think we'll win on penalties, but I think it'll be one, one draw. And I think that we will probably tie again in the league, maybe a two, two in the league. That's what I think. There we go. Uh, Danny, this comes to you. What do you reckon the scores will be in both games, mate? We're not conceding goals in either games. Agree with Jess. Nil nil penalties the first one, and then they'll be knackered for the second one, and then we'll go there and beat them one nil. Ooh, very optimistic there, Dan. Um, we'll come to you next. Yeah, I'm seeing draws in both games. I can't lie. Um, you know what? I'll go optimistic. I'm going to say we're going to win tomorrow two nil, and then have a really underwhelming nil nil at St Mary's on Tuesday night in the league. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to be optimistic for tomorrow's game. Um, I think Southampton will make a few changes, if I'm honest with you, because I don't think they've got the squad depth to go with their best 11 in both games. And I think they have got their eye on the league and seeing how far they can get in this competition. Although Ralph's saying he wants to take the competition seriously, of course he's going to say that. I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory to Arsenal tomorrow, but I am going to go for a 1-1 draw on Tuesday night. I don't think we're going to take the take the three points against you, unfortunately, in the league. Um Got 10 minutes left. I want to quickly round up on transfer news. We have signed Matt Ryan today. For me, a fantastic signing. I think that is a Premier League proven experienced goalkeeper who for the last three years has played in Brighton's first team. And unfortunately, Sanchez has come in and knocked his place off. He's a massive gooner. He's Australian, but classes as British because of his um, citizenship. So I believe that is a great signing. Danny, let's come to you. What do you think of Matt Ryan coming to Arsenal? Well, he is the the third best Arsenal, uh, second best Arsenal Australian, Dom uh, um, from Australia. He used to be part of the pod. Hopefully he'll come back soon. He's number one. Matt Ryan second. And then we had another Australian international, oh, John Cosmina, I think was his name. So I mean, for this bloke, he's only he's 28 years old, 59 caps for Australia. I didn't know he'd had so many. Uh, but... For him to be the, the number one at Brighton and do so well for those over, over the last two and three and a half seasons, and then just to be dropped straight away, that is a hell of a bit of business for Arteta or Edu or Vinay or whoever arranged to get that in. Do we know if it's a loan to buy um, any of that stuff? I am not so sure. Um, I don't know if his contract's up at the end of the year. I don't know that. I did hear a rumour that it might be so we could get the loan and then buy him on a free. But I don't know if that's true. Um, I haven't actually checked, to be honest with you, Dan, so I should have before I come on. But uh, I think it's a great a great signing, personally. Um, I'm, I'm a huge fan. Oh, um, uh, Josh is uh, a Brighton boy. He, we, he, Brighton are his other team because they spent so many years in the lower leagues like mine's Barnet and Peterborough. And he said he is the best goalkeeper in the Premier League for playing out from the back which is, I didn't know that, which, I mean, if Josh says that, Josh knows his football more than I ever will do. Uh, it's a really good signing. I'm really happy about it. I thought, there's a question I wanted to ask about the Southampton one. Are we allowed to celebrate when Theo scores? Because I will be, as long as he's not the winner. <laughs> you have a massive love for Theo Walcott. I can't celebrate a goal against Arsenal personally, but I don't know about you, Jess. Um, you mean about the goalkeeper? 
Uh, well, both both really. Would you celebrate Theo Walcott scoring oh. against us? No, good. Good <laughs> answer. What do you? Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. What do you I make of? Oh yeah, listen. I think we all like Theo and what he did at the club, hundred um, percent. Matt Ryan, Jess, good signing. Yeah. Does it keep Runnerson out of the goal? Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It was it was the best news to wake up to this morning because just the fear alone of like if something were to happen to Bird Leno, like no offense to Runnerson, I'm sorry, sweetie, but the level's just not there. It's just not there. And it was scary. Like I was really scared when I watched him in the Man City game. Like was everybody, I was scared. I'm sure everybody in the chat room, you were scared too. So having a, a goalkeeper, Premier League proven, I guess he's really good with his feet, which is probably something that we look for, you know, because that's big for Arteta moving forward. So I'm happy with it. I'm happy. So that's a good, I believe it is a good signing. Uh, before we move on to someone else we linked with, I want everybody to do me a favor. Mike Feinberg's in the chat. Now, I had a great, great podcast with Mike last night. Mike is a gr brilliant guy, hilarious yeah. man. Uh, Gunas podcast. Please, everyone, go over from same old Arsenal. If you're watching, go and look at the Gunas podcast. Absolutely fantastic banter. Really good fun last night. I would celebrate Theo's goal with a nice bowl of soup. I'm not going to spoil it, but please go and watch it and you'll know exactly what that comment is about. Mike, absolute pleasure as always. Um, Martin Odgaard looks like he could be on his way to the Arsenal. I believe this kid could be something special. I believe this kid could be a huge risk and it go absolutely wrong. But a loan deal looks to be okay for a few months. Now, he's 22 years old. He was 16 years old when he was supposedly a wonder kid. He's gone to Real Madrid and it's not quite worked out for him. He's had loan spells at Petitse and he's also had loan spells at Real Sociedad. His numbers were pretty good from what I was told in Real Sociedad. And Danny, you'll probably be able to tell me more than that in terms of the stats, being a stats man yourself. But mm. apparently for Real Sociedad, he was fantastic. Now, Jess, let's, let's start with you and then I'm going to come to Danny. Martin Odegaard, that's the sort of position we need. Does this excite you, however? Absolutely. Like, I think a year ago when I watched him for Sociedad, I was like, where do we scrape together the 60 to 80 million to buy this kid in two years? Like, to me, he's that good. I know that he's have a, had a little start-stop because, you know, he was at Real Madrid and he didn't play. But ultimately, Zinedine Zidane does not... Um, he prefers the more experienced players, the Modric and, you know, those types of players, Cruz and stuff like that. So it's really difficult to get into the team. So um, his lack of playing time for Real Madrid is not indicative of his, of his talent. He's so talented. And um, I, I don't want to bring up the O word, but he does <laughs> remind me of Ozil, like a modern Ozil playing in the right half space. Um, he's left footed as well. You know, he has great vision. He can dribble, you know, he, He's a great player. I think he had four goals and six assists or something like that for Sociedad last season. Was very um, integral in them being able to get into Europe. So I think not only is he a good um, buffer for Smith Rowe, you know, we're basically future-proofing him and putting him in cotton wool, like trying to make sure that Smith Rowe um, is able to sustain the, si um, the season. But he's also going to complement him really well because we're, we're going to be able to play him maybe – off of the right, you know, Smith Rowe can also play off of the right. And even if you play 
um, in the right wing position, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you're doing for the team. So I think that gives us additional technical quality, additional um, football IQ, and just another player that's going to be really complementary to the young players that we have coming through. Jess, I could not agree with what you're saying more. I have not seen a lot of this kid, but from what I have seen, I like what I see. Um, I see creativity. I see vision. I see a good passer of a football. He seems to glide through the ball. He's got a good left foot. So, yeah, let's let's see if we can get this done. It looks to be a done deal. Danny, let's come to you. We have someone in the chat called Kay who says that Odgaard is fantastic. Trust me, I'm Norwegian. What do you make of this signing potential, potentially, Danny? Well, I like him. This season, he's. Uh, I'm just looking. At, I was looking at the stats last night when um, when Tom tweeted that it was going to happen. Um, and if Tom says uh, he likes him, and I've got a couple of friends that are Norwegian and they really like him, and he, he plays with Halland, so maybe we'll be able to get Halland on on a, oh, on a imagine that him as well. God, no chance of that. But just looking <laughs> at this season in the La Liga for Real Sociedad, he's played seven games, no goals, no assists. Uh, he's had a couple of injuries, a calf and a muscle injury. And out of the last uh, five games, he spent three of them on the bench and he came on in the 85th minute. So I think his time there is done. It's only a matter of time of where he's, he's going to go after. But then I thought I'd go back and have a look at, um, if you go to Wikipedia and look at a player's info and go and look at the French version, it gives you all the the um, the assists as well. 18-19 Vitesse Arnhem in the Eredivisie, 31 games, 8 goals, 10 assists. Now, the Eredivisie is a half-decent league, especially if you're a young player coming through, and then he'd have been 19 and 20 years old. And to do that in that division then, no wonder they saw so much promise with him. I mean, at the eight, in 2014, so was that six years ago? That would have made him 16 for for unpronounceable. Sounds like a cheese strong god set or something. <laughs> 23 games, five goals, seven assists. I mean, as a 16-year-old doing that there, that, that's amazing. But last season with Real Sociedad, 31 games, four goals, six assists. That has got, if, I think you stick him in a team like we are, where it's an attacking team, you've got creative players around him, and then you've got a party going around letting people know that if you kick him, I'm going to have you. Uh, that is just going to be magnificent. But the only bad thing, the only thing to worry about is how is that going to sm affect Smith Rowe? Because Smith Rowe has done all the hard work. He had the Red Bull loan. He had the Huddersfield loan. He has done what most Arsenal young players haven't been able to do, go out and have two um, decent loans. Didn't play much for Red Bull because he was injured when he went there. But he's, he's an... He is the same kind of player, but I think he's further along in his career. He's only two years older than, than Smith Rowe, but he's further along in his career. And if he comes to the club, then Smith Rowe's going to have to take a back seat because we can't be playing. We haven't got the League Cup anymore. The the Europa League, we're playing Benfica, and that's going to be a hard game. So it's it's going to be, it might hinder the, the, the progress that Smith Rowe has shown. And for me, that would make me a little bit sad because Smith Rowe has done so good and come in and he is, he's taken that chance and made the absolute most of it. But there again, you've got to balance that out with do you want a 20-year-old player playing every single game in the Premier League? Because he, we saw in the last couple of games, he is getting kicked left, right and centre. And we do need a backup because if he gets injured, if uh, Smith Rowe gets injured, who have we got? Yeah. Well, listen, if that's that's the good way to end it. If Smith Rowe gets injured, we're back to Willian at number 10 and we don't want that. So as far as I'm concerned, Odd Guard coming in would be a fantastic option. And I think that they could fight it out and there's some competition. And Smith Rowe over 38 games is just not going to happen. If we're sitting in the FA Cup, which hopefully after tomorrow we will be, and of course we've got the Europa League, then we're going to need a squad depth. And I think that Smith Rowe can't do it all personally. So I'm more than happy to get him in and take a risk on the lad. Dan, I'm going to let you have a quick say before we do wrap up. Um, are Southampton linked with anybody? Do you need players? Do you think we'll sign anyone? Um, and just a quick one on Odegaard. Do you think that would be a good signing for Arsenal? 
Um, I'll start with Odegaard, yeah. I mean, from a football manager perspective, he's he's been cracking for a while. Um, so, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how he does, actually. Um, in terms of Salamden, since some of my expectations for transfers have just kind of deteriorated, really. We've got, a, we've got an owner who doesn't really want to spend money. I, I don't know. It's it's a difficult one. We've hardly been linked with anyone. Like it's all been half-hearted sort of back pages gossip with Damari Graham, Brandon Williams linked with loan deals. Neither of whom I think would be, you know, world beaters for us. Um, it's a case of now just waiting until the summer, really hoping that you know Ings has signed a new contract, Bertrand signed a new contract, and we're sort of adding depth as opposed to having to replace those sorts of key players. You know, we're Fair trying enough. to get your left back, by the way. That was my yeah, next question. I, yeah, Brian Bertrand. I think, <laughs> is it true that Bertrand's out of contract in the summer? Is that true? Um, no, I think he's got a year and a half. Oh, okay. So I think he's got another year. He said to um, the local press he wants to stay and be part of the project, I think. He I, may I, just I'm be using surprised. us to get a new contract. Yeah, who knows? I think I wouldn't be surprised if he's on Arsenal shortlist, to be honest. Whether he goes or not is a completely different matter. Well, we definitely need a backup left back because if Kieran Tierney anything happens, of course, Saka's going to go, go to get back up. He, he, there's no chance he'd go to our. Having this been, you is, know, he's a Chelsea point. boy. He's a Chelsea boy. He wouldn't go to Arsenal to be their backup. No chance. This, this is my point. And I think that if, you know, he's 31, 32, he might look at the situation and think, coming to the end of my career, I need to be playing. Or he could be looking and saying, it's the end of my career. I could go and do something at Arsenal. I just don't see it happening personally. We have been linked with Mitchell as well, the left back for Palace uh, today. But I don't see that happening because I think he's he could be quite a lot of money because he's been playing well and he's English and it's looking like he could be uh, just not an option for us. But we do need somebody to cover Kieran Tierney. Uh, guys, go on. Go on, Danny. Lopez, he's coming. Watch out. Yeah, you said it last night in the chat, Lopez. I like Nuno Mendes from uh, Sporting Lisbon, but you were talking about this Lopez. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's 17 years old. We've seen that Arteta likes to use the younger lads. And he is, he's 17 and he's playing for the under-23s. He's played most games this season. Wonderful Spanish left-back. He's got everything. Give him give him six months. Like Arthur. When Arthur comes through, what a goalkeeper he's going to be. We've got so many great young players. There we go. Trust don't need, we don't need any more money. Burn the cheque, but we've got, we've got loads of youth coming through. They're going to do it. We've seen how good they are. That's all there we, we want. Project Youth is the way forward. You heard it here from Danny from Burkham Wonderland. Not from me. Um, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for coming on, mate. Um, it's yeah, always no, difficult coming on to another, uh, another po- opposition podcast, mate. But thank you very much for coming on, mate. How can people yeah, no follow problem. you? Um, how can people yeah. follow you on Twitter, mate? Yeah, find us on the Saints View, um, at the Saints View on Instagram or Twitter, or mainly on YouTube. Yes, I love the fan channel. If you want your Saints content, really, I think that's as much as I need to say about it. No worries at all, mate. Absolute pleasure having you on. I'd love to get you on for any reverse fixtures in the future. It's been a great link-up. Thank you very much, mate. Yeah, no problem. Top man. Uh, Danny, absolute legend. Um, Thanks so much for coming on, mate. Um, Really appreciate your podcast. Love your podcast. Uh, Love you. Love your content. How can people follow you, mate? Don't follow me. Yeah, it's nothing but trouble. I spend most of my time trying to irritate people, which is why people keep blocking me and unfollowing me. I've gone from 13,000 to 9,500 in a year. That takes some doing to do that. But they're going to people who know me just ignore it all. At the AFC podcast is at Burkamp Wonderland. 
But uh, yeah, go there and find it. And that, it was it was wonderful watching you the other night because every time I put something funny in the chat, but I could see you reading it, you're cracking up. <laughs> it, it's <laughs> just brilliant. You, you and Mike Feinberg for me, you are two. You're on the same level, mate. On the same level. It's, yeah. oh, I don't in all, in all serious, mate, absolute pleasure having you on. And thanks for tonight, Danny. Really appreciate it, mate. Asking me. And finally, Jess, absolute pleasure. You've been a delight to be on uh, this podcast. I'd love to have you on again. I hope you've enjoyed it. How can people come and follow you, Jess? Yeah, you guys, um, I have a show called She Knows Arsenal on the Bearded Gooners channel. So if you go into YouTube and you go on the little search bar and you put in the gooded, uh, the bearded gooner, you will find Tanner's channel and then you'll see my show in there. So he was nice enough to let me use this platform to start my own show. The, um, we have shows every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is like 5 p.m. Um, UK time. And you can follow me on Twitter at it's Jessinho. So it's right there at the bottom of my little screen right there. You can find me on Twitter. I do a bunch of polls and have fun on my Twitter account. So go ahead and follow me there, you guys. Jess, absolute pleasure. Please go and follow Jess on Twitter. Also, it's Jessinho. What an absolutely superb Twitter name that is. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, guys, we're going to be back on Monday night. The same old Arsenal as always from 7 o'clock. Myself, Lee Judges, Harry Simu, Craig Scott and Mark Partridge will be on. And also we have a transfer special on Wednesday night with myself and Lee Judges and some very special guests from around about 7, probably on to about half past 8. We're going to try and bring the Arsenal family together and the Arsenal podcast. And I'm going to be speaking to these two individuals to see if they are free to come on and join us also. Until then, we'll see you guys next time. Up the Arsenal. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.